Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel. They went, oh, Michigan thinks that kid's good. Maybe we should go look at him. The kid is 6'3", 320, and is a starter as a true freshman at Michigan. And he wasn't good enough for an offer? How did you miss this kid? SI's Ross Dellinger. I didn't think that Tennessee would lose, and I certainly didn't think Tennessee would lose like they did. But, you know, I, I knew it would kind of be like rowdy down there. It was a night game, and... Uh, and every now and then, Beamer Ball strikes. And SI's Pat Forty. And look at Ole Miss, which came in 8-2 and two and then absolutely no-showed this performance. And it's almost like, I don't know, Lane Kiffin was distracted by something? Is there, is there another job open in the SEC that his name has been linked to? Here's Pat, Russ, and Dan. All right, welcome to the pod. It was a Saturday where the, the contenders revealed themselves. The pretenders disappeared. The chase is very exciting. I think everyone's buzzing about it. I went 6-0 in my picks and have taken the lead in the race. What? I think that is Did what just everyone... just lead off with that, yeah. <laughs> that's what everyone was talking about. I, no? The national no? buzz is Dan's undefeated uh, Yeah. Yeah. I went uh, on did a you really go six and zero? Yeah, I went on a heater like Uncle Chen in mile twenty three. Man, <laughs> I was. Yeah, yeah. I just, I think it was on Sports Center. I was just watching. Oh, they were just talking. They're going to read Herbie yeah, the bottom in here. Ticker. There it was. Yeah. Wetzel goes six yeah. and zero. Six and zero. Race for the case. Seizes. I am the Georgia of the race for the case. I control my destiny, and I I don't care about the peons. <laughs> oh, God. And this was no 16-6 performance over Kentucky either. This was a real domination. Oh, insufferable. Mm-hmm. Wait, In I other did, news. I, 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 I'm going to check this. I'm disputing this. Go I, ahead and check. I, you, I you're the dumbass that picked Oklahoma State. That program imploded <laughs> a month ago. Uh, that was I a think bad I did pick. pretty well, too. I don't know if I went 6-0. You, uh, you did 4-2, and two, I think. Mm. And Pat went 3-3. Three and three And yeah, whatever. Look, at this is how it is. Yeah. So in other news, the the real chase is is getting getting interesting because uh two two contenders have fallen off. North Carolina was a fringe contender, but uh they could have played their way back in the way this is trending. We said this they lost to Georgia Tech, so you know, thanks for thanks for playing Tar Heels. But we said this might be a wild day because when you looked at it, we played this game last week. There was a bunch of like 
good teams playing a bunch of great teams, and you never know. And all of a sudden, someone like South Carolina, who looked horrible on offense a week ago against Florida, who subsequently lost to Vanderbilt, absolutely trucks Tennessee. And Spencer Rattler plays, if Spencer Rattler played like that, he'd have, he, he, they would have given him more cars at Oklahoma. <laughs> he was unbelievable. Shane Beamer just calls the game of, of his life. The offense is unstoppable. And Tennessee couldn't keep up. We hope Hendon Hooker's all right. Uh, if not for the rest of the, to play again this season for his, for his NFL prep and all that. What a great player and great competitor. We had a lot of tough injury to watch him get hurt. Hopefully it's not a big deal, but you never know. And Tennessee ran into the, you never know. And so the Vols uh, are gone. Let's talk, talk briefly about that. Then we'll sort out how it works in here. Pat thoughts on that, uh, that uh, destruction down there by the, the, the cock commanders. Yeah. Whoa. They commanded. That was the best game I've ever seen Spencer Rattler play. You know, this was the, that looked like the guy we heard all the hype about in high school and early in his career at Oklahoma. I mean, 30 of 37 for 438 yards and six touchdowns, no interceptions. Efficiency rating of 234. That's incredible. Now, look, Tennessee's defense, I think it's clear this was going to happen inevitably to Tennessee's defense. Somebody was going to absolutely light them up to the point where they could beat them. The thing that their offense had been good enough to counterbalance, that's what happened when they played Alabama. But they finally, you know, that, that unit was due for a game like this. And frankly, I'm glad it happened now because I don't want to watch them give up 63 in a playoff game. So, you know, they, we, we are separating now down to the real contenders, and most everybody is a pretty complete and balanced team if you're still in playoff contention now. Tennessee, you are not. Yeah, the, the, this was the kind of the bugaboo all year for them. Like you said, Pat, you, the offense had to outscore, had to outscore teams in several games this year, and uh, finally it kind of caught up to them. I mean, Tennessee's defense is – now, I mean, this is, I believe this is after uh, this past game, but 100th nationally, ranked 100 nationally, giving up 411 total yards per game. And, uh, you know, again, they've, they've kind of struggled all year, and it, it just it feels like it came back to haunt them. It, you know, I, um, I unfortunately had uh, went down to Virginia for the UVA Memorial, but this was one of the games that I sent actually patronized boss and said, Hey, maybe I should go to this. It just, I didn't think that Tennessee would lose. And I certainly didn't think Tennessee would lose like they did, but you know, I, I knew it would kind of be like rowdy down there as a night game. And, uh, and every now and then Beamer ball strikes, uh, like Beamer junior ball strikes and, uh, man, you know, give it up for them. They've, he, he's, he, I, I, you know, he's done uh, – the job he's done there the last two years at South Carolina has just kind of blown me away. Well, this was it. This was a huge night for them, recruiting all that and uh, and get to it. But it certainly takes that second SEC team potentially off the table. So, look, we're looking at Georgia. Obviously, they've got Georgia Tech. they got the SEC title game. They went out. They're in. They could lose to Georgia Tech and then win the next week. They're in. And then the question would be, could they lose to LSU and still get in? And they might. You know, certainly, they certainly have that appearance. So Georgia is absolutely in the catbird seat. 
But by taking Tennessee out, that was going to sit there at 11 and one, everyone presumed. Although, heck, they got to play Vandy, and who the hell knows now? Vandy's got hey, a two-game win streak. Yeah. Vandy's a runaway <laughs> yeah. train, baby. How about that? You know, so we'll see. And uh, yeah, that, that all of a sudden gets interesting. But that, you know, that's uh, so, so that bit is out. The, the likelihood now is one SEC team, unless you think LSU can upset uh, Georgia. We'll, we'll get to Alabama potentially. We'll have a little creeping back in session here. <laughs> Like texting your ex from Clemson and Alabama. Oh still yeah, trying to. they're back. They're back, baby. They are back yeah, in think, the discussion. Texting Bill Hancock, thinking of you. You know, just, <laughs> <laughs> you up? Yeah. <laughs> just want to talk. Just want to talk. Uh, let's go TCU. They're they're they keep winning. They're in, and they maybe they could lose. Who knows if this thing gets really sideways? But. Epic victory for for TCU. TCU is a little like, you know, it's a little like Tennessee. You go, well, it's a little wobbly in some spots. When's it going to fall apart? That We're waiting and waiting, and it just doesn't fall apart. I don't know how good these guys are going to be in a playoff. I don't know if they're going to be Georgia, but, man, what a season they have pulled together. Uh, they score, uh, you know, come from behind. They, 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 they led six seconds of the fourth quarter. Against at Baylor, they they gave every single reason to lose the game. Yet in the end, Max Duggan couple couple big drives at the end. They pull off the fire drill field goal at the buzzer. Griffin Kell hits this forty yarder. No timeouts. They get they, they got that. Everyone's screaming about how how terrible it was. The like that kicking team was set for like a couple seconds before they even snapped it. It, it was beautiful. Yeah. No, it, it was, was a thing of beauty. And then they kick it into this great group of what I assume is students yeah. from TCU yeah. that had driven down and got the yeah. literal worst seats on like a <laughs> hill on the side of that giant toilet bowl shaped stadium that they have at <laughs> the toilet seat stadium at toilet Baylor. Seat stadium. It is. It's shaped like a toilet seat. And they're in the part where they don't have the seat part, like the front. <laughs> and they're in like the bottom of a hill and they just go crazy as the kid. I mean, just awesome. What an absolutely awesome. Somebody, you know, they're all college kids, so they're filming it. Someone's got a great oh, video yeah. of that oh, ball yeah. coming right the at ball them. ball coming in. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Sonny Dykes, just an incredible. <laughs> That's great coaching right there. So uh, Horn Frogs, baby. Doubt them at your peril. No, you said they practiced that play. I, I thought it was interesting. They practiced that like hurried, I forgot what they call it, hurried field goal, hurry up field goal or whatever, where they you run off the sideline and get set and and then, you know, boom, you snap it and you kick it. I think it was like 17 seconds uh, left yeah. as they were running, running off. The offense was running off. So they had roughly about, you know, 16, 17 seconds to do it all, to get the field goal team on, to stay still for a couple seconds and snap, and I think they snapped it with two seconds left. It, it was it was incredible. I didn't get to watch it, but but I saw replays and and read about it. And uh, man, I mean, the Horn Frogs just keep on doing it. I wanted to pick them to lose again this week. I've, I've picked them to lose like four of the last five weeks, and I thought, ah, this is the week they're going to lose because I I picked them to win. And uh, man, they came through again. Just it, it's just remarkable. What a what a what an incredible season they're having. And honestly, they probably, you know, if you look at the numbers and strength of record and strength of schedule and all that stuff and top 25 wins and all that, you know, you, you can you can make an argument that, um, you know, they they are they belong in the top two or three 
you know, uh, I don't think I think they're getting a little snubbed in a way because of their uh, their brand, so to speak, and in, in the conference in which they play. But uh, they're they've got an incredible incredible team, and it's been fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, fantastic. <laughs> they they have now won seven straight games by ten points or less. First team to do that since Colgate in 1975. Incredible just ability in, in crunch time to come through with enough plays. I mean, Max Duggan was unbelievable getting him down the field to get him in position. And then, yeah, the fire drill kick team were, just did did a ph- phenomenal job under pressure. That's how many times, you know, in that sort of situation, you might see a lineman jump or... You know, the, everything's in yeah. such a rush. It's a bad snapper, a bad hold. The kicker, Griffin Kill, didn't even, you know, he didn't have time to walk off his steps. He just had to go out there and say, okay, I'm, I'm roughly where I need to be. Two steps, swing and kick. And, uh, I mean, it was just uh, fantastic. And, you know, one of the great things about college football, and we'll get into this, I am sure, but that was at 3.12 p.m. Eastern. 21 minutes later, Jake Moody kicker for Michigan saves the day for the Wolverines mm. uh 1200 miles apart 21 minutes apart but two kickers who had the weight of the world on their shoulders come through to keep their teams undefeated very cool well let's get to it I mean Michigan tough game they don't have Donovan Edwards to start Blake Corum gets injured does not play the second half obviously going to be the massive storyline going into the game in Columbus as he's he's off the field and they're losing to Illinois. One of my friends is a Michigan fan, texts me and goes, Maybe playing Austin P this week is a good idea. The <laughs> SEC knows what they're doing. <laughs> like, yeah, rest up for the stretch run. <laughs> we now are playing, they're playing like Sam Gash's kid who is a walk-on from Green Bay. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. when Wisconsin doesn't want you as a walk-on. Uh yeah. <laughs> you know, they're just playing guys. They they're Another victory, uh, Michigan, unbelievable on a 23-2 and two run. This is a team that went 2-4 and four and couldn't look worse during the COVID season. They find ways to win. You know, it's uh, four field goals. They've got the best kicker in the country. He's not nervous at all. I mean, no. and, and Harbaugh knew it. Like, I, I was – this is why I like Harbaugh. I like watching Jim Harbaugh teams play is he has – he does analytics, but – I think the analytics would have said like two or three field goals back. Like you got to go for, I think yeah. they had like a fourth and four. Right. Yeah. And instead it's like, nah, we're, we'll just keep stopping them again. Mm-hmm. And we got this and we're never scoring their red zone offense. It, it's been horrible the whole year and they didn't need more time to fix it. So I don't know what they're going to do in, in Ohio, but they won this one and it was a great victory. And a, 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 the same kind of thing that, Sonny Dykes was so excited after, and then you watched Harbaugh after when they put him on TV. And, you know, the, every, the analysts and the fans are like, ah, it's, they're crap. They didn't really, they're not good enough. They're all that you, we pick it all apart. And literally everybody looked like trash yesterday in some way or another at different times. Like nobody mm-hmm. was really that impressive. Maybe Clemson, I don't know. But Harbaugh, like they're just so excited to have won because that was a tight game. Brett Bielema had, will raise the issue of the officials, and uh, he, he's got a point. I would say there were a couple. Whew, a lot of 50-50 calls went 100% one way. Yeah. Uh, tough one there, but great effort by them. It is a horrendously flawed team without Corum and Edwards. If they have Corum and Edwards, they break three touchdowns in the second half and they win going away. But 
without him, boy, they white knuckled through with a whole bunch of stuff. So that was a great victory. Pat, you were there. What was uh, Jim yeah. saying after? Yeah, that some people were saying that that was as happy as they've ever seen Jim Harbaugh after a game. Like, I mean, mm. he was so thrilled, I think, because he knew what a gut check that was. Uh, and he said, locker room full of heroes. They had a lot of guys who had to step up because of injuries. And I thought, to your point, Dan, Harbaugh coached a great game. He was patient. He managed the game, didn't panic ever, and there was a lot of pressure on them. You go from you're up 10-3 and then you're down 17 to 10 in horrible conditions. I mean, the wind is howling, it's cold as hell. Uh, and so the third quarter, he was just like, you know what? We're just not gonna throw it. We're gonna run and we're gonna just hang in there, and then we're gonna have the wind in the fourth quarter, and then we're gonna start letting it loose a little bit. And they threw it well enough to get them down there. And and yeah, they didn't. They just said, fine, field goal, field goal, field goal. We don't have to gamble unnecessarily because we're behind. There's enough time left. We can do this. And then and, and they played it out perfectly. So I thought Harbaugh managed the game excellently. Isaiah Gash, to your point, this kid, walk on, fourth string running back, drops a touchdown, uh, you know, like a short pass that there's nobody in front of him. And right then and there, you're like, oh, my gosh, these guys may not be able to do it in the fourth quarter. Then they come back to him on fourth and three with the entire season on the line. And he makes the catch for a first down and they move down into field goal range. So, you know, yeah, they, they, they are taking a wounded team most likely into Columbus. It's not going to be easy, but they were so happy just to get through this game. Uh, it was awesome. And also Jake Moody produced the rare trash talk from a kicker. Uh, and it was my question. I asked him, I said, you know, what was it like kicking in those wind conditions? And he said, well, this isn't the SEC. We have to deal with tough conditions. <laughs> <laughs> Chicken broth Ooh. for you. <laughs> Look at that. A low blow. Uh, wow. I, I want to talk about Harbaugh in these decisions because, you know, it's 2022 and um, where there's a lot of analytics talk. And there's a lot of coaches that are just going for it. And man, uh, Pat mentioned it like, um, and both of you did, but but Pat said patience and wow. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, incredible amount of patience. So they they their last three series ends on made field goals. And the first one is was a fourth and seven at the Illinois 23 with about 12 minutes left. I think there's a lot of coaches that would have gone for it. Uh, down seven, there's probably a lot of coaches that would have gone for it. The second drive was fourth and 11 at the Illinois 15, and you're down by four. Uh, again, I, I think there's probably a lot of coaches. I think the analytics might even, because you're down by four with three minutes left, would have said go for it. So, man, he talk about patience, but also confidence in your defense, one, to get stops. And confidence in your kicker and confidence in your offense going to go back down and do it. And lo and behold, of course, the third series, they uh, they go eight plays, 35 yards in fourth and five at, at the 17 kick a field goal. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's some patience right there for sure. I mean, I, I've been saying all along, and, and the, you know, Harbaugh wins games. He always won them in the, when he was a player. He always wins them as a coach. I don't think he'll ever win a national. I, I don't know they can ever assemble a roster that will win him a national title at Michigan. I mean, we'll see. Look, they're gonna they could end up the two seed, right? They could end up the one seed. 
uh, if Georgia stumbles. So, you know, maybe they can win the national championship. But he is an excellent coach. Yep. And he gets enough guys and finds enough guys and get guys to believe in him. And so, yeah, he won't have the talent advantage against Ohio State. He won't have that. And he won't in the playoff. And maybe it doesn't, it all falls apart. But that was a, it's a little what we talk about with Brian Kelly all those years. Like they just find ways to win. And it's just a real, he's just a, a super well coached team. And boom. There you are, and this is what you get out of Harbaugh. And, yeah, they could have blown that. The coach could have blown that a lot of ways. He just sat there and said, what do I have here? I've got a great defense, and I've got timeouts, and the game isn't over. There's time, there's time, there's time. And and he just has that confidence. He's just been around the game so long. He's not relying on anybody. I don't think anyone's barking in his ear going, Coach, 56% chance. Like, I don't <laughs> think there's that. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's just like Jim's doing this. This is what he's doing. Yeah. And, and good and, luck to that guy. You know, if that guy does exist, good luck to him and his job uh, <laughs> yeah. later yeah, after the game. What? <laughs> if he's barking yeah. percentages to Harbaugh. Hundred percent chance I'm having whole milk and a steak tonight. That's all I know. <laughs> like that's all. That's all Harbaugh's thinking. Like no, he just finds a way. They find a way to win the game, and it's like yeah. Well, if we got to, and there's no shame in it. Like do we got to kick it four times? Yeah, I don't care. JJ McCarthy has not been good. I mean, it's just he's we've been waiting all year for like this great breakout of this of the passing. And it's just not there. I mean, there were I mean, there were two touchdowns he overthrew. There's a drop pass too. Yep. he's been OK, but the quarterback isn't playing well. They've got nobody at running back and Illinois is really good. They played a really yeah. great game. That's that's and the other thing. too. That program is coming strong, man. Yeah, I mean. Ryan Walters is such a great defensive coordinator for for Illinois, uh, you know, uh, and he's one of these coaches, too. He's going to be a head coach soon. We'll see when and where, but he is not walking around with his face buried in a call sheet like he's actually watching the game. Uh, He keeps a note card is all. And, you know, he calls a lot by feel, but he's got a great feel. They had a great plan for Michigan. Uh, they did give up a couple big plays to Corum early, and then, of course, obviously he got hurt. But they had a great plan, I think, for playing Michigan. And Illinois is legit. I mean, Chase Brown is a great running back. The quarterback, Tommy DeVito, played really well. And Brett Bielema is a hell of a coach. They're going to be – they should be good enough to win the West in the years to come, I think. If there yeah. is still a West, but we're they not – need some talent. Yeah. They just need a little more pop of, uh, of game breaker, but – uh, they're right there. And uh, Harbaugh did say before we move on to Ohio State that Quorum was cleared to play, right? No structural damage is the quote I saw. We'll yeah, see. Uh, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. You know, he we'll, said they would check him again uh, today and know a little bit more, and we'll find out as the week goes on. But this I mean, won't work in Columbus. No, no, no. This, <laughs> so, won't, work in, this no. won't work. I assume Edwards will play. I mean, and if they get Quorum and Edwards – Hey, you know what? Let's see. But here's uh, the thing about, you know, I said, uh, point I want to make, you know, will Harbaugh win a national title? Does he, is he the kind of guy that can put together a national title team? Maybe, probably not. But you know who didn't also win a national title? Bo Schembechler. You know, right. who like, you know, this is what Michigan is. Uh, in the old days, they just beat Ohio State. Then they'd go play like USC and they win it and they'd be crowned national champs, right? Now it's like, now buckle up. You still got the Big Ten title game, which obviously won't be much. But then you got a double dip of SEC. You know, it's just, it's a different era. So quick to the Buckeye. We got so many games. 
same deal. They gutted it out, and that looked like a pretty happy Ryan Day at the end of that that Ohio State game because they were close to beat. This is not a great performance by Ohio State. It was an inspired one by Maryland all around. You know, just offense, defense, they did a lot of things. Ohio State, to me, their talent won out. The, the block punt changed the game. Obviously, there was the strip sack at the end that kind of blew it open, but it's a one play. It's a one possession game with 47 seconds left. Uh, Ohio State escapes a tough game, and I think there's the same relief of like, let's just get to Michigan week unbeaten. Let's see what happens. Absolutely. I think that 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 that's, I'm sure, the mindset at both places is, is we, we just had to survive this Saturday. And, uh, you know, it was one of the, like Maryland had been playing so badly. I kind of discounted their ability to, to make that close, but they, they rose up, give them credit. And then Ohio state's got injuries, you know, they, they're running, running back yeah. situation. Henderson. Is, yeah. It's dicey. So, I mean, they, they had, uh, uh, Dallin Hayden step in and, and give them a big game, but you know, they, they certainly would like to go into uh, the Michigan game with, some combination of Mayan Williams and uh, and Travion Henderson able to go, so uh, a lot, a little bit of uncertainty in Columbus as well. Man, it was just, it was like a hold on and get to next week weekend for a lot of these top teams. Ohio State, Michigan, as we discussed, Georgia, you know, winning by ten points against Kentucky, and Kentucky having a almost make it a one score game late, and uh, and then obviously Tennessee, Tennessee lost, but it was it was kind of like. Uh, and then TCU had to do what they did, as we discussed. But it was it was a survival weekend for some of these teams. And you're looking, I'm looking at stats for this Ohio State Michigan game and or Maryland game. And um, I don't know you 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 know Maryland has over 400 yards of offense. You know, outgained them and six of 14 on third down. You know, there there's some there's some holes there in the Buckeyes defense. I think we've seen it all year. And you wonder if Michigan can get healthy, get that running back back and maybe maybe pull one out maybe uh pull one out in the shoe I, I think it's more that you know the Maryland game the outcome uh makes me think that it's it's more possible than maybe I'd at first thought there's something about this Ohio State team and I look they're 11 and 0 and two number two in the country and you can look at the stat sheet a lot the offense is there and this they got all this talent and I didn't watch a ton of Ohio State because they're they haven't had that many interesting games but just like there's something that isn't they haven't hit their top gear yet correct unless it's against a really bad team mm-hmm. it's there though right it's there and if they hit it i think they can win the national title but they there's something missing at this moment and so it's like can you crank it now because ohio state wants to play four more games and three of them are going to be really hard and if they if it clicks Yes, but I don't know what it is. There's just something not quite there. One guy doesn't play well. Someone else steps up. That's the beauty of it. You know, I think we were talking about Georgia, Michigan, and uh, Ohio State. They all found ways to win. They found ways to win, right? Uh, Georgia's offense was not good. No. But their defense was just ridiculous. And it just like even even though that game was close, it never really I was never felt like, oh, Kentucky's going to come back and win this. Georgia's defense just won them the game. Michigan's defense and kicking won them the game. Ohio State's depth and uh, special teams won them a game. And that's what's and TCU just TCU'd it. 
So it's, you know, <laughs> kind of what the great teams did. And that's what a Tennessee can't do. It's like, you know, you got to win the games. And uh, they did it. So it was, uh, you know, there's question marks. What's going to talk a lot Ohio State, Michigan, obviously, this week. But there are definitely question marks. All right. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. So those teams, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU, if you keep winning, you're in. The question becomes what happens to the Ohio State-Michigan loser Mm. in this playoff chase. And this is where it gets interesting. USC, 48-45 over UCLA. Epic performance by Caleb Williams. Not a lot of defense going on out <laughs> in this game, but brilliant game. Dorian Thompson Robinson for uh, for UCLA played an epic game. Six touchdowns himself. You saw him crying at the end. Just a frustrating loss. He threw that final pick. Great scene at the Rose Bowl. Very exciting football game and all that. But USC probably their best win of the year. They're now ten and one. Right. Ten and one. They've got yep. Notre Dame next week, which is now going to be a huge game. Yep. And then they would I think what is is Oregon or is Washington's got the inside track at second place now. I don't even know. Washington won and Oregon. Won. Yeah, it's one. It's Whatever. One, of the so other. one of those two are going to play. Two. Right. Uh, Oregon still got to go to Oregon State. Oregon right now has got the inside track. They only have one league loss. So. OK. Yeah. And Washington's yeah. got two, but they yep. do have the head to head. Right. So, a little help. Right. So. 12 and 1 USC to me is ahead of the Ohio State Michigan loser. I would say particularly ahead of and and here's why I say that. Not only would you be 12 and 1 over 11 and 1, not only to be a conference champ if you're USC. Michigan's non-conference schedule not good. Uh there's nothing there and USC would have a better non-conference schedule. And against Ohio State, this would be interesting, but they would have a common opponent in Notre Dame. Yep. So, you know, how do they defeat Notre Dame? I, I think a 11-1 and one, 11 and one Ohio State is a better candidate for a second Big Ten spot than 11-1 and one Michigan. Obviously, we yeah. got to see how the game plays out next Saturday. If one team blows the other out, forget it. I'd, th- I'd say forget Michigan. But Ohio State's got a little better thing, but... A 12 and 1 Ohio uh USC could be sitting there saying we won our division, we're just on a three-game win streak. We got we got a Heisman trophy candidate and we beat Notre Dame too. You beat them, we beat them, and this is a much better Notre Dame team right now than they were at the beginning of the season. Look, they're going to come up with all sorts of scenarios. They'll come up with new criteria, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Is that a criteria? Well, I don't know, but they'll make it up. So, I don't know. Thoughts on on SC and and I'm meandering my way through this and their playoff hopes here in year one of Lincoln Riley. Yeah, that that the last sentence you said there is or last part of the sentence is is damn impressive. Uh, Lincoln Riley went out. He won the transfer portal. Uh, getting Caleb Williams was the biggest single 
transfer portal addition of anybody in the country. And Williams has delivered, but they also they got Jordan Addison. They got several other players who have stepped in and just been outstanding in turning that uh, program around. Obviously, this is still pretty much a one-dimensional program. Their defense is bad. I, while I, I absolutely believe at 12-1 and one, they would be deserving of the fourth spot, I also think Georgia would be favored by like 17 points against them. Uh, and we could yeah. be looking at one of the usual one versus four beatdowns in a, a playoff game. But that's not our job is to project how that's going to turn out at this point. So kudos to USC for getting it done. They were down 14 to nothing in that game and a little bit in disarray. Uh, and then they just turned it on and played offensively the way they have all year. And that's a, they lost Travis Dye, their best running back, too. Uh, that, mm-hmm. that was uh, – they, they've got some depth at that position, and it showed, and just a great win for them. And it's fun to have USC back in the mix. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I kind of think USC controls its own destiny, like TCU, like Georgia, and like Ohio State, Michigan. I feel like there's five teams in a lot of ways that and, – and, and, you know, I think the LSU fans would say throw us in too. I, I think that's a little tighter of a debate, but I think there's five teams that absolutely – control their own destiny. If they win out, then they're in the playoff. And and I do. I think USC is one of them. I think they probably get in over, certainly over a Michigan, 11-1 Michigan team, but but probably uh, over an 11-1 Ohio State too, especially considering the Notre Dame game, as we discussed uh, in LA next weekend, the common opponent there. So I, I have to say I'm kind of secretly rooting for the Trojans because uh, they were they were in they were in my uh, I picked Clemson Alabama in uh, in Ohio State to make the playoff and my fourth was was USC I just I had a feeling about Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams at the start of the year and man they have uh, they've got a little lucky I think I think the turnover margin now is twenty plus plus twenty <laughs> turnover margin it's it's unbelievable. It is just so there's a, I mean, there, there's some opportunistic, you could say like it's an opportunistic thing going on there, but let's, let's be, uh, let's be real. There's a, there's a, probably a little bit of, uh, you know, getting, getting fortunate there uh, on the, on the turnover margin. And, you know, they, I was, I was going to the turnover margin right now, like nationally, they lead the nation. Uh, yeah. With, with plus 20, the next one is yep. San Jose state plus 13. <laughs> Incredible. It really is. Pat, you brought this up about because it feeds into why is USC and UCLA so bad on defense. You brought up Michigan's freshman uh, defensive lineman Mason Graham. Yeah, I uh, had a nice game yesterday. Big run stopper. I think he had four tackles. He's a true freshman, six three, three seventeen, starting as a freshman at Michigan. Really good football player, and he's from Anaheim, Servite High School, which is a big powerhouse. And you want to know why USC and UCLA don't have defenses? I don't know. Because Mason Graham was not offered by UCLA. And he wasn't offered by USC last year. That's a different coaching staff, but he wasn't offered until after he committed to Michigan. (laughs) It's like... They went, oh, Michigan thinks that kid's good. <laughs> Maybe we should go look at him. The kid yeah. is 6'3", 320, and is a starter <laughs> as a true freshman at Michigan. 
and he wasn't good enough for an offer? How did you miss this kid? Yeah, that's inexcusable. Really I'm not is. saying he's going to be J.J. Watt, but, like, if he's playing, <laughs> he probably, maybe, you know, like, that is, whatever the hell USC and UCLA have been doing on defense, like, you got to scout your guys. You can't miss a kid at Servite High School. Right. No, that's a terrible, terrible recruiting misevaluation. And then, like you said, just on sheer size alone, I'd be like, <laughs> hey, we could probably use this guy. Can he move at all? Can he chew gum and walk at the same time? Yes. All right. We're offering him. You know, that's 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 incredible. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so that that is the stuff that those programs have to fix. Because yeah. it's hard enough to find those kind of guys, but you sit there and go, "Boy, they're going in the Big Ten. They got to get these big linemen." And you're like, "Where'd Where'd Michigan get that kid, man? He's good." Oh, Anaheim. Anaheim. Like, yeah, in, he's not from Muskegon. Okay, <laughs> this is your guy. We took your guy. Stop trying to get our guys. Just deal with your guys. Unbelievable. Yeah. So that I I will admit, like, I he's, he's making play after play in the middle, like short yardage. He's breaking through the line, making tackles for loss, and I'm like. Damn, this kid's a freshman. He's good. And I look him up and I was like, Anaheim? What? Yeah. That was my thought exactly. Yeah. Didn't even offer. All right. So to LSU's point, they went out. I think LSU would get the bump over a one-loss Big Ten team, including Ohio State. I just think even with two losses, they'll go the conference champion. Can you have a national championship without the SEC champion in it? I mean, yes, you could if they all have three losses or something like that, but yeah. I think there would be such enormous pressure that they would put LSU in and they would have that kind of a victory. Uh, so I still think – so it's kind of weird. You have six teams control. What do we have, the Big Ten West? Nobody controlled their destiny? We kind of <laughs> have like six teams with controlling their destiny, which doesn't make any sense. But Has Iowa taken over the destiny controlling? I think, I think they, they have. have. They have yeah. now. We, yeah, we have, have to beat the Hawkeyes. Who almost beat Wisconsin in a battle of the interims that looked like two coaches yeah. that didn't want to be the coach. <laughs> if you're Wisconsin and you keep Jim Leonard at this point, like, boy, that was not you're not really hitting the ground with a lot of a lot of momentum. No. I mean I don't know yeah, what you, you do with that. It's a tough you barely spot to put sketch a out a 15-14 win there. I uh, that was wildly unimpressive, but Friggin' Iowa, here we are, man. I mean, <laughs> if See, they win the West, I, like, I I may not even turn on the television for the Big Ten championship game just because <laughs> I, I just have no earthly idea how it's going. it would be competitive unless they just somehow play, you know, a great defensive game and win, like, 7-3 to three or something. But, I mean, it's just, it's... It, it boggles the mind that they are continuing to uh, to win games. Ferentz, uh iced his own kicker. You see that on the <laughs> game did. one? Iced <laughs> his own kicker, a new strategy. Last year, Brilliant. they they took a knee four to three times and then punted. They took a <laughs> knee three times last year in Penn State victory, even though it didn't run the clock out and punted in one of the most unusual, unexpected, unorthodox. It worked. <laughs> We're not going to risk running plays. We're just going to count on our defense. I mean, like, I remember that game. I was watching. I'm like, I don't think the math adds up here, does it? Anyway, ice your own kicker. Division champions. Maybe, maybe you need some more time to think the pressure over. All right. Let's get to our, our backdoor covers. Clemson oh, and Alabama. Man. Do they have a chance? Uh -huh. Bama's sitting there mark, coming up with their marketing, right? 
we're the best team for the first 59, 59 or something like that. Like Saban's going to, is he going to lobby? Does they have a chance with two losses? Could they somehow sneak in? Clemson could win the ACC be 12 and one. I mean, if what if Notre Dame beats USC and you're sitting there going, look, I mean, you want a team that could kick in themselves. Notre Dame blew two easy games, or they'd be in this contention. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I, I mean, I think Clemson has a better chance than Alabama. I don't think yeah. Alabama uh, can get there. Clemson, okay. If you go beat South Carolina, which just beat Tennessee, mm. they That's did right. the, the, the ACC championship game loses a little luster uh, with North Carolina mm. being exposed as fraudulent, but still... You've got those two games. You get to 12 and one. I, you know, I, gosh, I've watched, it seems like I've watched a lot of Clemson this year. I don't think they're very good, but you get to 12 and one. And as you said, if Notre Dame helps you out after hurting you by beating you, uh, by beating USC, hey, then um, you, you're in the conversation for sure. You've got the 13th data point over whoever doesn't win the Big Ten. And uh, we at least have an argument. I think they got an argument. Yeah. Look at, for, uh, they need stuff like TCU to lose. Yeah. Yeah. USC to lose. TCU and USC Yeah. TCU and you know TCU and USC have to lose. I feel like for, but the path is there for Clemson. I don't think Alabama really has one, but but I, I think the path is absolutely there for Clemson. And in the debate, if TCU and or uh, USC lose, and they might need, like we said, they might need them both to lose, then the debate ends up getting to. A twelve and one Power Five champion Clemson against an eleven and one Ohio State Michigan loser, and, and that's going to be an interesting one, uh, an interesting resume comparison. I, I think that the strength of schedule, you know, even though they play in the ACC, right, is is you're probably going to lean toward Clemson if it's Michigan uh, because of Michigan's non conference schedule. I mean, that's that's it's it's the risk Michigan took, and here they are, you know. But I, I think like, yeah, I don't know. I just think it, it Clemson's going to have a case, and their their resume will get stronger as it goes. Notre Dame is just linked into just everything here. <laughs> they are, you know. I think I, one loss Clemson. I th- think they probably beat out one loss TCU. Yeah, I think they beat out one loss Michigan. I don't know if they beat out one loss Ohio State. Ohio State. Got to see yeah. how that one loss is. Yeah. I don't know. They're not dead yet. Coach William Christopher, back from the grave. Yep. Uh, rolling it up. But it would be, be hard-pressed to see. Interesting, too, is like, although obviously these four teams really aren't that great either, but like, I don't know. Like, you could have a, let's put it this way. Let's say LSU gets in, and let's say LSU gets in or something, and Ohio State's number one. And like, well, I don't know. I put it this way: a lot of people would like to play TCU in that in the play, playoff, but they might end up two or three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the four team could be like a little more of a dangerous club, like a, even a USC. I don't know. It's going to be wild. We got we got one big week to sort it out, and then there's the then there's championship weekend, which you know, occasionally produces something, but a lot of the times the, the championship games are such mismatches that it's just an upset deal. But I'll say this last Saturday, this Saturday here was uh, just a ton of fun throughout. I mean, it's just, you got to treasure these days. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. From, no, from noon to 
to 2.30 in the morning, there was just games. Everyone was reverting to the middle. And uh, just <laughs> just unbelievably, uh, unbelievable classic stuff. All right. We don't like to wait to the end of the year to hand out the Heisman. So uh, let's hand them out right now in our small sample Heisman. We don't give out one award at the end of the year. We give it out week to week. It's the Small Sample Heisman on the College Football Inquirer podcast. Pat, you got one? I do. I'm going with the game I attended, and I'm going with Jake Moody, the kicker from Michigan. Dude's got a nice little mustache. Uh, hmm. he, he, uh, he's also got a, a nice little kind of a, a, almost a swagger to him, and you could tell how much his teammates like him, and not just because he saved their season, but he's been really good for four years, five years, I think now, uh, at, at Michigan, um, it's from Northville, Michigan, which is right outside Dan knows Detroit and near, near Ann Arbor. So like close to hometown kid. And he made four field goals in just horrible conditions. And three of them were with the wind at his back, but one of them was dead into it from 46 yards and watching the, that kick get up to its apex and then just stop moving. And it was like, hmm. oh my gosh, I don't know whether it's going to get there, but it did. He hammered the heck out of it to get it there. Harbaugh said in pregame warmups, the wind was so strong. They said like 27 yard line is anything outside of that. We're not kicking because we just don't think you can get it there. And this was two yards past that. This was 29 yards out and Harbaugh called on Moody and he came through uh, and made the kick. And uh, it was a great moment. He said he had never kicked a game winner in his life, not in middle school, not in high school, not in college. And then he does on his last game in Michigan Stadium. So a uh, very cool moment for him and a reminder that uh, college kickers sometimes can come through in big ways. There's a, a guy by the name of Ray Davis. I don't know that anybody knows who Ray Davis is. And I had to look up Ray Davis and read about him a little bit. But he's Vanderbilt's running back. And uh, and he had, uh, I know, how about that? And he had 30 carries on Saturday for 122 yards and helped lead the Commodores to a victory over Florida. Only I think it's only the second win over Florida in like 35 years and first time in eight years. And the Commodores have a two-game SEC winning streak. And uh, so I, I'm going to give my small sample to, to Ray Davis, San Francisco native, Kid is like five eight, five nine. Senior, been around for a while, and uh, helped the Commodores get a big one. All right, I'm going to give mine to J.L. Skinner, the safety for the Boise State Broncos. I watched a bunch of this uh, Wyoming Boise State game Saturday night from Laramie. It was a really good game. Hard hitting, intense, cold. Ross, very cold. Uh, everyone was freezing out there. We had the sideline reporter with the frozen water. We had it all, right? Um, all the gimmicks were going down. Very cold day. J.L. Skinner, Wyoming twice, has chances to tie or win the game, including there was a the last two minutes of this game was actually bonkers. Like, Boise State's trying to run the clock out, and they have this, like, give a, not only a fumble, but the ball pops in the air. It's like a scoop and nearly score. But J.L. Skinner, with two minutes left, and then on the final whatever, with like 30 seconds, I had to look at the game playing again. Two, two, twice in the last two minutes of the game, interception. Intercepts Jaden Clemens of Wyoming. Two game-winning interceptions. Boise wins 2017, survives an, uh, a wild night in Laramie. 
and moves to 7-0 and in the uh, in Mountain West play. They will host the Mountain West Championship game. That is some that is some big time step up there in the loneliest moments of that game. I can't say that these were the, 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 that uh, Clemens was uh, necessarily uh, Josh Allen out there, but uh, <laughs> well, maybe he was. Josh <laughs> Allen throws a lot of interceptions. <laughs> anyway, two picks. That's my small sample Heisman. Great job, JL. Great job by the Broncos, winning a really really good game. And I that Boise State's quarterback, the young Josh Allen, is pretty good. Yeah, yeah he's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Boise's pretty good. Amazing. Amazing. They run the ball, the whole thing. So that's my small sample Heisman. All right, we've said a few mean things. I don't think we've been too mean. It was such a good day of football. Uh, I don't think we said too many mean things, but let's try to say something nice or at least pretend we are and then rip somebody. Uh, Pat, you're particularly good at that. What do you got? Uh, that's <laughs> Man, you you stole my playbook for this. Absolutely, because that that is certainly the plan. I'm going to start by saying something nice about Arkansas. Uh, which got up off the mat after consecutive losses to Liberty and LSU to absolutely stomp Mississippi. So a nice uh, bounce-back win there. But, yeah, let's look at the other side of that and look at Ole Miss, which came in 8-2 and two and then absolutely no-showed this performance. And it's almost like, I don't know, Lane Kiffin was distracted by something? Is there <laughs> is, is there another job open in the SEC Can't that his what? name has been linked to? I I, I don't know. There, there's something about the loveliest little village on the plains. Uh, but Mississippi, complete no-show. That's on Lane. They come out of the loss to Alabama, and yes, that was a dispiriting loss, but it's life in the SEC, man. You got to get back up and play again the next week, and they did not. So good job, Arkansas. Not so good job, Lane Kiffin. Where's your head at, brother? So I, I'm I'm gonna uh, I don't mean to to bring down the mood of the pot or to end the pot on a on a on a sour note, but I I do want to say something nice about the the people of the University of Virginia in Charlottesville. Uh, I spent about four days this week there. I went yesterday to the memorial for the the shooting victims. It was like a two hour event in the basketball arena. Nine over nine thousand people showed up yeah it was uh it was it was a it was a tough time but the administration there the fans there the coaching staff everybody just did an incredible job all week like holding it together putting on news conferences putting on this memorial catering to the media they they you know Jim Davies is the uh SID down there he 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 was phenomenal all week i just during a, during an incredibly difficult time, that place really shined uh, from the start of the vigil on Monday night to this to this memorial yesterday. And you know everybody wants to has a lot of questions about the incident and what happened. And I think in the end we're probably not going to get any answers or any real answers except that somebody was probably mentally unstable and, and mentally ill. But you know yesterday was a was moving and all week just the job that that they did in, in, uh, in such a, uh, a difficult time. Uh, I think I, I feel like I wanted to spend a few seconds on that. I know it kind of brings down the mood, but, uh, it was, it was, a it was incredible kind of scene down there all week. Oh, well said and important. Yeah. It was such a, yeah, such an epic yeah. game. The crowd there was great. And, and those memorial services, there's not a lot of happy funerals, uh, ever conducted, but those types of things when you got young people i don't know just amazing just amazing 
And yeah, that is a class. I mean, look, there's no, uh, you want to get into public relations, you want to work in sports information, media relations, and at college athletics. Uh, you learn a lot of things you don't expect to put on a uh, hmm. triple homicide, you know, deal. Deal with that out of nowhere. So, um, yeah, the worst worst thing possible. But worst thing you know. possible. We'll see. Are they they're going to play Virginia Tech? Yeah. So that decision, I think, will probably meet be made by tomorrow morning. Is what we were we were kind of told at the at the memorial. I like I'm I have no inclination on whether they're going to or not. I really yeah. don't. I don't have any insight. But I'll say that I just because it's a, a big rivalry game. Virginia Tech dealt with the same thing 15 years ago. Right. Like I, I could see, I could see them uh, not the same thing, but a similar thing 15 years ago. Like I could see them playing that game. I, I definitely, and there was a lot of talk at the memorial about moving forward and taking steps forward and and moving past this. And I could see them them kind of trying to turn the page and and uh, and play that game. That will be an, an incredibly emotional deal, as as you said, uh, Virginia Tech's went through a, a, um, I guess they're really not similar, but there's whatever young people, Pat, getting yeah, murdered yeah. on your campus on campus. Right. Yeah. So right. bad enough thing. All right. Well, I am going to say something nice about the Indiana Hoosiers. Mm. This team had lost seven consecutive games. This team had their head coach on the, uh, hot seat to say the least. This team was losing, 24 to 7 at halftime at Michigan State, which had been playing great football the last, they put together 10 great football quarters and was turning their season around. It's cold. It's snowing. It's miserable in East Lansing. They come out and uh, take the, uh, they, they break a long touchdown round to start the third quarter, get a 24 14, but then Michigan State just marches down the field, boom, touchdown. 7.06 left in the third quarter. They're losing 31 to 14. And then they return a kick for a touchdown. They drive down and get a field goal. They drive down and get a touchdown to force a 31 31 tie. Michigan State blows a kick. Michigan State, you know, stumbles all over itself. They go to one overtime. They go to a second overtime. Sean Shiver scores a second touchdown of the game, wins it 39 31. Michigan State's a, a train wreck. We're going to get to that. But. <laughs> Unbelievable. This team had every single reason to quit. And they didn't quit. It's like, we got to, I mean, like, there's 22 minutes left in this game. We suck. It's miserable. It sucks out. The other team's beating us up. And uh, they come back and storm back. Improbable. Erase a 17-point deficit and win it in double overtime. So great job for Indiana and Michigan State. Uh, I mean, that's just, that uh, the debate is, was that the worst loss of Mel Tucker's career at Michigan State? And that's never a debate a coach wants uh, out there. <laughs> no, no, especially when there's some competition for that honor. Yeah, you know? yeah, they're debating it up. I mean, that was an epic meltdown. They now have to go to Penn State to even get bowl eligible. The contract, uh, I don't think Mel Tucker regrets it because it's looking good on the fifth and the fifth, first and the 15th, but... That will be the storyline in the offseason, this huge deal. Where's Kenneth Walker the third? You know, you sign a guy to a 10-year deal worth, uh, you know, $95 million, and you're blowing games against horrible bottom-dwelling Big Ten teams, and you don't even make a bowl. I tell you what, Michigan State has to play well against Penn State. 
Like, it's sho- it's shocking that uh, giving a coach a 10-year, $95 million or whatever deal in the middle of his second year is might turn out to be bad. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's just it's unbelievable, right? I just can't believe that that would happen. It's, just, it, it's like if two billionaires come to you and say, we're going to do it, you're like, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I was like, what <laughs> happens? So like, That's okay. how you want to spend your money. All right, buddy. Yeah, but yeah. it... it it looked great a year ago. He was doing well, but yeah, now it's like, is the like, how do you, how do you build momentum when this is, this is year three and, you know, people are like, well, you got to give him time. Yeah. But the transfer, they show the transfer portal. There's no, like, I need, I need years to get my guys in. No, no. Get them no. in the weight room. That didn't hit anymore. So we'll see a lot of work for Mel Tucker, but they had shown this, this spirit in the last couple games, you're like, all right, you know what? They're going to get to six and six. They're going to go to a bowl. They're going to, you know, something's here. And then whatever the hell happened midway through the third quarter, maybe they need the chicken soup. Maybe they need LSU secret. (laughs) See, LSU had three little containers. They clam chowder, (laughs) gumbo. And what was the other Mississippi river Uh, water? Yeah. Yeah. That was what they labeled their three things. They're 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 trolling us now for trolling them. <laughs> the the Wetzel versus LSU feud is heating up here over over <laughs> uh, weather conditions and chicken broth. Yep, this is great. Yep, Mississippi and kickoff times too. Heated up yeah. Mississippi River water. That was enough to beat UAB. <laughs> but hey, my that was my LSU. lock of the week, baby. I think I'm back to 500 on the year. My lock, six and six or something like that. Seven and seven, whatever. All right. That's our pod. We will be back on uh, Tuesday. There'll be The rankings will be interesting. A massive week. We're going to put out some pods like quicker. The brace for the case will be earlier. We know there's a lot of travel on Wednesday and Thursday. Sitting around with your family. Could, sometimes that's good. Sometimes that's miserable. So you can, you know, pop the podcast in and hide out to Thanksgiving, the whole thing. But, uh, It's uh, arguably the best week of the year, probably the best week of the year in college football. We appreciate everyone listening with us, and uh, we'll uh, talk to you later.